It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We got to get a fast read in here, guys. Got a couple super chats, then we're going to do a quick little topic before Aditi joins us. But whenever we read you guys super chats, we got a couple really good ones today. It's brought to us by our dear friends over at PCC Airfoils. You're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? Well, PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils at Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Got a couple super chats to read. Once again, shout out to everybody who was gifted memberships today. You guys are the OGs. We appreciate it. The first one comes from Ronaldo Archer. This is the most entertaining sports show on any platform. I served as the Browns captain under Marty and Chief of Security, Ted Chappelle. My wife is a doctor here in Naples, Florida. Wow. She says a severe bruise can become a, a tear six weeks to recover to be about 75% mobility. Rest is the key to recovery. More than the Browns are letting on. Love Jays. Oh, these are big words. Pendatic, P-E-D-A-N-T-I-C. Pedantic, pedantic. Nomenclature and academic athletic jargon. Shout out to Ronaldo. Jargon. Appreciate it. Jargon. 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 Or as they say, (laughs) it's a Jersey thing. Jargon. Uh, M. Bine says Deshaun can't be in his feelings and risk alienating his teammates. The only person that can be quiet. The only person that can quiet this noise is Deshaun himself. He needs to come out and speak, say he is healing okay with whatever the coaching team decide is best moving forward. Uh, we have one from Kevin Robinson. Stop giving the quarterback a pass with wide receiver passing stats. Uh, Simple says, just a question out of curiosity. Who's giving him a pass for that? Not giving him a pass. I don't, I don't know. I mean, just he's indicted just like all of the receivers. Yeah, the whole team yeah. thing. Uh, just out of curiosity, this question is from Simple. What does a Brown Super Bowl parade look like compared to the 2016 Cavaliers Championship Parade? Well, you have to take into account it'll be February, so it all depends on the weather. I've always said that. If we ever get one, my prayer and my hope is yeah. that it's 50 degrees and sunny. I, I don't. But it's highly unlikely you'll get that. Gee, I don't think it matters. Well, if it the will, Browns won, it's going to be bedlam. No, but worse than the Cavs. Imagine this, because this yeah. happens in Northeast Ohio. At that time, we're getting a nor'easter. People will risk their lives to be at that parade. <laughs> I that, think you're they right. Hundred percent. But and the, and what if it's minus six below zero, like it was for the Saints game? Then people will <laughs> die. Goddamn it, Jay, Jay, I'm with Mole. I think people will die at the parade. No, like Jay, they, would, people, they would die. People, people will be bringing their 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 loved. <laughs> I love you, Paul. People, God, you know I People do. will be bringing their loved ones' ashes to that. Yeah, they, You're right about that. You, 100%. you know what? You're right. They, they would be like, he's with their loved ones, their dogs. Would it be the, the craziest sports celebration parade we've ever seen? I not, think so. Not yes. just in Cleveland, but I mean. Oh, I think yeah, so. I yes. think it would. I think there'll I mean, be guys from Parma carrying actual dead bodies <laughs> through, through, t- through the downtown <laughs> Cleveland. Specifically Parma guys. And you got to lift them over here. What was the, sh- just kidding. What was the on Cubs you. parade like? I, 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 mean, I wasn't able to go. No, I know you weren't, yeah. but you watched it probably. Yeah, on TV. it was it was nuts. Like that's what. Yeah, it was to nuts. To me, was... that's what this would be equivalent to. Yeah. The Red Sox when they won their parade on right, the right, Tito right. the yeah. first time. Yeah. It was just like you know you're talking about in this case 
58 years of football frustration and the cork coming out of the bottle. But the thing, too, with the Browns versus the Cavs, now this is tricky, as you say, because of the weather. Weather That day but, was the, one of the most beautiful days in Cleveland history. Right. It was amazing. And Perfect. It, and it was in, that day was incredible. Nobody that was there would ever right. forget it. Right. But the Browns have a way bigger following than the Cavs and Guardians do. Because there'd be people coming to Cleveland right. for the parade. Because how many fans do we know? All half of our views are from out of the state. Right. People would come back to Cleveland for that parade. There, our airports would be jammed. There are a lot of people in their late sixties to early eighties that are not from Cleveland, were never lived in Cleveland. That are Browns fans across well, the country because Jim, because Brown, Jim would Brown would be on TV and that would be and the they game they would watch. they were when they were young. That's why my dad was I, a Browns fan. I know. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say that like, you got to wait to even when if they win an AFC championship game and go to a Super and, Bowl. And, and, oh, and, yeah. and the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, people God. would cry. It wouldn't matter if they won. Gee, I, I, I will I, cry. Like, I, couldn't, I, can't, I can't imagine. Well, it matters if they win, but, but, but it would no, still it reach does. a level. It but does. Just to be on the biggest stage. Yeah. We haven't even been on the biggest nope. stage. Here's the math to this. It, and, and it really isn't as accurate as I'm going to say because there's 32 teams now. When the Super Bowl was only 10 years old, there were 28 teams. Yeah. Right. But let's just say there's 30 teams and there's 58 Super Bowls. Well, there's only 15 or 16 in your conference. Right. All you have to do to get to a Super Bowl is be one of 15 or one of 16 for 58 years, and we haven't done it. That's crazy. How many teams have not gone to the Super Bowl that have been around since the beginning? Not many. No, the, the, two, the, the Lions, Lions and the Browns. And the Browns. Right? Oh, no, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. No, but Jackson since th- that have been oh, around since the beginning. Just us and the Lions. Right. Now, here's another way that drives your mind nuts. Yeah. If you think of it where, and, and the NFL rotates its talent cycle, draft and everything mm-hmm. else. If it's done on a mathematical basis, every team in the AFC should be going on their fourth Super Bowl. Most of them would have already been to three. That's if... If you rotate right, every right, right. 15 years, you get to win, you get to win, you get to win. That means every 15 years, you're in a Super Bowl or 16 now. Right. So that means 32 would be two cycles where everybody gets a chance. 48 would be everybody gets a chance three times. Mm-hmm. Right. And 64, which we're six away from, would be every team gets a chance four times. And what, we haven't figured it out once. What's amazing is, uh, you know, in, in just the last, you know, 30 years, the Cavs have gone five times and the, oh, and the Guardians, and, have, been and the Guardians have gone three Ooh, times. And, That's and, crazy. And yet, those teams have inherent disadvantages in their sports. Financial. Well, financial and baseball and basketball. Location. It, it's location, yes, right? Yes. Whereas football, location doesn't really matter. Look at Green Bay. And, and money, it's a salary cap. You're you know? right. So there's no disadvantage. So they've overcome massive disadvantages yeah, in the yeah, other yeah. two right. to get there. Yes. And collectively, they've been there seven times. Eight. Eight times. Yes. Yeah. And the Browns haven't managed it once. I cried just to see the uniforms, man. Just to see. Just. I know. you. When we were watching the Super Bowl at my house last year, when they were doing the introductions and they yeah. were coming on the field, G. Bush leans over to me and he goes, If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Man, I'd be crying like a baby right now. You're right, it's just special. Even though the Bengals haven't won the Super Bowl, I've been able to see them in it three times. And obviously it's disappointing when you lose. But they're, it, just getting there is, feels the really day. special. You got the yes, day. Yes, it's yeah. special. Yes. And it's the two weeks the of lead-up where the spotlight is on just your team and yes. one other. It's, yeah. yeah. Now, all that being said, when they get there, better win. I'll probably call off for a week if they lose. Because it will, it will how, steamroll how, my... How, how would we do shows? With tears. Like I mean, like... We would be doing these shows during the week. G. Bush joins us from UH. <laughs> Jay's sitting by at Cleveland Clinic. I mean, yeah. I'll be a mess, bro. Uh, uh, that I, will, were you on the air after the Guardians lost to the Cubs? I had to go right on the air. I, oh, yeah. I was oh, you on, were the still field on ESPN, yeah. watching the celebration, yeah. oh, and 10 minutes later, I was on ESPN. That was horrible. I, I, it was weird for me because the next day I'm on the radio, and, you know, I was happy personally, but also sympathetic to all the fans. Sure, I can understand. And so it was a weird, like, it I didn't celebrate on the end. Yeah, air. really tough for you. Yeah, Earl yeah. wants to chime in on this. What's up, Earl? So right. I was working down the street at the Justice Center at that time, and I remember I parked my car at City Hall. I was walking to the Justice Center to go to work, and, you know, the brand-new hotel that's right there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think fans and maybe some players were staying there. And I'll never forget this dude had his Cubs jersey on. He just ran up in my oh. face, like, jumping Cubs, this Indian suck. And I told him, like, it's going to be a repeat of last night when a Cubs fan got, got knocked out if you ain't get up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not That's run poor into behavior. the face. Yeah, do not get into the face Fans get carried of a fan away. after a uh, Game 7 or a uh, Super Bowl or a championship loss. Don't yeah. do that. We Wait, because Jay, ain't it crazy? Jay, here, here's what made it even worse. We coming off the high of the Cavs winning the championship right, in right, Game 7. Right, And then after, uh, after the home run was hit by, uh, I think it was Raji Davis, I'm thinking the Guardians was going to win this thing. Me too. And so to be disappointed on, like that. How could you be saying you think it was Rajay He Davis? got it. He got it right. Come on, you can't be saying I think. So, so like, to be that, <laughs> yeah, that like, like, be that gassed up and be that disappointed. Yeah. History. Is that the most exciting yes. moment in the history of a losing team in the World Series? Hey, bro. It yes. Was, I, literally, I literally was that in was my house. That was crazy. I, I was literally in my house, and I've never heard the voices of so many people just outside scream at once. Oh, really? It, I was outside. It was outside. People were screaming. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, like they just every. I mean, like that's, the whole neighborhood. That was as unlikely a home run ever, as you ever. could ever well, imagine. Well, I told you what Bernie said. I'll, I'll never forget the moment because yeah. we were in the dugout suite. Me, Bernie, my son, and my producer, my Sports Center on the Road producer, who's from Cleveland yeah. and a huge sports fan. Actually, he's from Columbus. But he was drafted as a major league pitcher. He p- pitched back-to-back no-hitters in high school. Blew out his arm and never got to the majors. But we were watching that. And just before the home run, <laughs> I said, 
does it have to be Rajay Davis that's up right, right now? Right, right, right. I mean, because right. that's how that's well, how it, it insurmountable was, well, that felt. Well, what'd you say when, when Michael Martinez came up as the boy? The best. <laughs> yeah, I know. I go. There's there's no one you would least rather have up in that he spot. He was throwing he, smoke. Oh, it was. It I, was I think one I told you guys. Three, I'm like, it looked like CG. I've never thought that before. But when yeah. he came into the game and was warming up, <laughs> we all looked at one another and said, "That looks fake," because we'd never seen or heard the pop like that before he hit the home run and we all four are hugging jumping up and down we didn't even see him round the bases when we finally let go he was already getting congratulations in the dugout Bernie told me that night even after the loss in all of my entire life all of my athletic achievements you know he had he won a Super Bowl in Dallas he had some unbelievable highs here with the Browns and in college at the University Mm -hmm. of Miami. He said, in all of my life, that is the most exciting play I've ever witnessed. And I asked him about a year later, I said, was that prisoner of the moment? No. Mm. I've never felt euphoria like I did that night. That was crazy. Crazy. We got two more Super Chats real quick. Uh, Brody's bottom line. Says he wants us to stop comparing the Cowboys and Browns defense because they're not the same. The Browns haven't given up 800 total yards of offense yet. And uh, Rated R says, what's up, guys? Love the show. Question. I can never get an answer to this. Hope you guys can. If you want Kevin gone, who do you want to replace him, not just this year, but long term? I haven't reached that point yet where I, I want to yeah, call. I, I, I haven't I, thought I, of it I yet. Can't, I can't do that because... Like I, I don't like punting on stuff, bro. Like if I if I'm like I'm still invested in like trying to win and But you're the closest one. I, but, among I'm, us. but I'm but I'm, yeah. the clo- I'm So the clo- if not Kevin, who? Oh well listen, we already know what that has happened when he, he's already on the staff. No, so, I don't want to see Jim Schwartz be the head coach. Oh, you yeah, don't? Oh, I don't. Oh yes I do. You mean for next year? Yeah. Oh, and God. here's what I would do. Now, here's what I... Someone's going to hire him next year as a head coach. Yeah, he's not going to be... He's not going to be here. And that might actually play into the Browns thinking at the end of the year if there is a 9 and 8 like I predict or even a 10 and 7 but they miss one of the things they're going to have to factor is cuz he's going to get an offer as a head coach mm. I know he's had a try already and failed mm. but I I just think the job he's done here has and, caught everybody's attention and again. His, and his mentality. And there have been Ugh. lesser coaches get second try. I don't want a defensive head coach. Well, not, well not. here's the thing. If you get a defensive head coach, I then can finally get a guru. Give me a an mastermind. Give me a just give me somebody. Yeah, and then that guy will be gone in a year. That's that's no, uh, well, I mean, that's look. how we do it. We, we have our here. next guest. We're gonna bring in Aditi King Kabbala in one sec. Before that, I want to remind the good people from three to four o'clock today, the barbershop back on the UCSS channel. Barbershop G is Bush open. previewing the Browns 49ers. He's also giving away five Kool-Aid Mafia bandanas. G. Is that what they fit? Flags, bandanas, you wave towels. Whatever they are, it's his what? counterpart to the terrible towels in Cleveland. Have you already ordered those? Yes. And you can get those wow. by tuning into the barbershop today at 3 o'clock on the UCSS channel. <laughs> do you have a barbershop pole in your house where you do the show from? Yeah. Yes. He does. You do. Because I was going to say, if you don't, you I need have, to get you. I have a pole, a backdrop. Um, I have a, a barbershop pole. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's you got to be careful when it's, you say it's, that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> 
And with that, pause. With that, let's bring in a Didi Kikawala. That might have been one of the biggest pauses <laughs> since Didi's fishing story. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny. That fishing story. Hey, that was that. Listen, that was Esquire tabloid material. That was literally one of the best moments in the history of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports <laughs> Show. That it was. It really was. It was one oh of the best moments ever. in the show's history. Aditi, uh, <laughs> dire times here in Cleveland right now. Let's pull it together, everybody. No, She's blushing. Into, you can't go into no questions. We got to get. We got to get serious See, here. This is why, but Mikey, this is why I'm not a guest. I am a family member, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Right. Right. Part of the family. Aditi. That's right. That's right. Let's get serious now for crying. You guys are always joking around. I like to be right. serious. For crying out loud. Thank right, you. Here we go. Here we go. Professional, all of you. We'll ask a question. There Let's you go. go. Uh, everybody's panicking here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep a serious face. Sorry. All right. There we uh, go. Try again. I don't know that I can. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's panic time, Aditi. We're starting PJ freaking Walker this week. He's yeah. not any good at football. What? What is happening? Make us feel better. Uh, well, I think, look, you threw poor DTR out there with, what, an hour's notice? I mean, he didn't find out until 1030 that he was actually starting. It wasn't a game plan tailored or suited to him in any way. He had no preparation. It went about as awfully as it could have. They believe in him. They have long-term plans for him. You think throwing him out against the 49ers defensive front is going to rebuild him or repair him or make him feel good about himself? So I think that you're stuck, which is why you have to go with P.J. Walker. And um, So why didn't they I, just use him last week, Aditi? I don't, why, didn't, why not use P.J. Walker last week? Or why not trade Josh, why trade Josh Dobbs if, you're, if, you, if this guy can't do anything this year? Maybe, maybe the feeling was that he could do things this year if they had actually prepared him to do things, if they had come up with a plan for just him. But sudden, they're finding out on Sunday morning, whoops, nope, sorry, and there's not a backup plan, which, you know, in some ways you could say, why was there no backup plan? Why was there no just like, just in case, break, you know, break glass in case of emergency? Why was there not something like that? I don't, I mean, I can't speak to that, right? I, I don't know, but it is very, very alarming to me that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I had a very long discussion with my producer, my game producer, when we had the Browns Titans, and I said, don't be talking about Kevin Stefanski on the hot seat. This is finally the first year that Kevin Stefanski has a somewhat normal year, as opposed to year one was COVID, year two was the Odell Baker drama, year three was the Jacoby Deshaun thing. Finally, Kevin Stefanski gets a year, and oh my goodness, guys, everything's off the rails once again. But he's no. partly to blame. He's partly. But I mean, really? You think Nick uh, Chubb getting hurt and Deshaun Watson getting hurt? That's it, Aditi. Quarterback not- players get hurt. This is the NFL. You don't get a pass every time a good player gets hurt. I'm sorry. Enough. No, but I mean, I think that your starting quarterback being adamant that he's going to play all week and perhaps not being completely honest about how much pain he was in or what the true nature of that injury was. I, 
I don't. I mean, you expect your players to tell you how they but, really feel. But if he, and we've all been in locker rooms. Look, we've all been in locker rooms yeah. where players have not necessarily <clears throat> been truthful about how much pain they're in, whether they're concussed or not. How you know everybody sort of they're gladiators. Everybody thinks they can play on yeah. a Sunday. But Aditi, but there is a fine line that you're walking there. It's if 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 DTR is not prepared to play. That's on Kevin Stefanski, not on Deshaun Watson. Whether he thinks Desha- he knows Deshaun Watson's got an injury, he knows there's a chance he's not going to be able to play. It's the coach's job to get him ready. And if he's not ready, you either blame him or the coach. I can't blame Watson for DTR not being ready. That, that's not unfair. That's not unfair. So I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I, but I also am still sitting here and saying it's a bit early to hit panic, right? Oh, it's not, not like they're sitting here at 0-5. It's right. not like they have an offense that averages one touchdown a game. They are still playing lights out on yeah. defense. <clears throat> We've seen how defenses can carry teams. I mean, the fact that the Steelers are not sitting at 0-5 is simply because of T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So why can't Miles Garrett and that defensive front help carry this team for a little while? Why can't this be a complete team for a little while until that offense gets back in gear? You know, or does not- what it needs to do. I was sitting here and we were talking and, and we've been kind of down the last couple of days and then it just hit me like I don't really have any expectations for this game. I'm the quarterback is going to be a new guy a rookie or, or a veteran who hasn't played well. But I mean, is it crazy to think that like, hey, you got a really good defense. Um, let's run the ball a little bit. See if we can keep it close to the muddy game and see what happens. Is, is, is it crazy that the Browns could come in here and, and, and make a game out of this? Uh, why is it crazy? Why why can't that be possible? We're talking about a defense that's supposed to be one of the best, most aggressive, most game-changing, most disruptive defenses in the National Football League. And I know that people in Cleveland hate hearing about Pittsburgh, but right now in Pittsburgh, I mean, there was a hockey game this week where the fans at the hockey game are calling for the offensive coordinator to be fired. Oh, the Steelers are that they are a run first team and guess what they don't have a single rushing touchdown guess what they're 30th in the national football league in total yards they are averaging one touchdown a game and yet look at where they're sitting in the afc north and the reason that they are sitting there in the afc north is because tj watt and alex highsmith are carrying this team and jj watt just went on pat mcafee's show and even said that about the pittsburgh steelers hey if you don't have tj and alex where are you you're 0-5. You're so right. So if, if a defense in Pittsburgh can carry an absolutely horrific Steelers offense, where even the Pittsburgh hockey fans are demanding that this offensive coordinator get fired, why can't Miles Garrett carry this team for a week? Yeah, why can't Miles Garrett go and make Brock Purdy's life so miserable? Why can't this secondary lock up those receivers and George Kittle? It, why can't? This defense carry the day. But the Steelers... Isn't have, that what football is supposed to be? But the Steelers won those games against the Browns and Ravens who have mediocre defenses, offenses right now. And the Niners are one of the best offenses in the game. That's a, that's a big difference. I mean, that's, that's a fair point, too. But yeah. again, it's like, set the standard. Yeah, I agree. Save. You're right. I mean, You're right. If they we're going to play that way. And, say, and I'll tell you this. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who is a coach of an NFC team this past week. And we were kind of just, he's a really big Mike Tomlin fan. And I'm very much a, 
you know, Mike Tomlin's won three playoff games in 12 years. Like, how long do you, and it's sort of the same argument that we always have, is there, does consistency matter or does, like, actually winning the big prize matter? And uh, this coach was saying to me, I said to him that the Steelers-Ravens game, there is no way that the Steelers should be feeling good coming out of that game. No. Sure, they got a win, but oh my goodness, it's because the Ravens handed them that game. Handed it, Very just like the Browns game. Yeah. With the Browns. Exactly, what happened with the Browns. You can't sit here and feel like you're going in the bye as a Steelers fan or as a Steelers head coach and be like, oh yeah, we love where we are. But this coach was saying to me, the Steelers play team football. The Steelers play all three phases. Complimentary and so too. he was making the argument exactly that even though the offense isn't playing well, the Steelers got their special teams to block a punt and the Steelers always get their defense, TJ Watt, to come up with a big play when you need a big play. And so while I'm sitting here and saying, I can't believe Mike Tomlin's head is in the sand that he's like, okay with this offense. He's saying, Hey, look, Mike Tomlin's getting everything that he possibly can out of the entire team. So if that's what the goal is, why can't we sit here and say that this Browns defense needs to play better than it's ever played? Well, it needs to play better. I don't, we lost a DD somehow. Well, Aditi, we, we see you. We can't hear you. Aditi. We lost your audio. She must not be able to hear us either. Aditi, for some reason, we lost your, your mic. I'm going to text her. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, she makes I, a point. Let me try to answer that. Yeah. When I think of the two defenses, it's clear in overall talent, the Browns have more. Here's the difference, and this is what I've always said about this defense. The defense of the Steelers makes splash plays in the most opportunistic moments of football games. Their combo of Highsmith and Watt, they beat Baltimore the exact same way they beat us. The only difference was Watt didn't take the one against Baltimore to the house. Right. So why not? Well, here's what's lacking from this defense. And I've said it all year. They don't force turnovers. And I need splash plays right, when the game is in the balance. What she's saying is, and she's right, they're good enough that they should be doing those 1, things. 1,000%. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when she's saying, why can't the Browns do that? That is the question that we've been right. asking forever. They should, they're going to need to do it. The Browns just can't play. Like, in the first three games, they held teams to not a lot of yards. That's fine. They need to force turnovers and either score or set the offense up in the red zone, basically. Right, because in two of those wins, in their wins, they were blowouts. The only chance. I haven't seen this defense make a splash play to win a game, yet I've seen the Steelers' defense do it twice. Right. They have to. The, the only way the Browns have a chance in this game is if the defense forces turnovers and allows P.J. Walker to either. You know, score from the twenty yard line, basically. Right, yes. Yeah, give them a short. That's field. their their only. PJ Walker's not driving the team hey, down the field eighty here, yards. Here's, He's here, not. Here's why it, it's see Kevin Stefanski can show me something in this game because sometimes it's not about the plays that you call that are huge plays that are forty yard bombs or whatever. It's just about the sequencing, and that's why I'm I'm, I'm really uh, I really feel that they should be running the ball on inside zone plays because. They can't get behind the sticks. When you have a quarter, if you want you're to right. upset teams. Don't get off schedule. Off schedule, you're done. Yeah. You know, first in, in, in Not the, against a team like San Francisco. Yeah. And not with then PJ they pin Walker. their ears back, and here comes Bosa. You're first, a third, third and long situation, you're dead. First, you might as well punt. Dead. First in 20s, 
Here, uh, off off uh, off holdings yes. or or if you get it like I thought yeah. one of the biggest issues was there there's been times where Jerome Ford will have a nice run I thought he had a run a really nice run against the Baltimore Ravens to start the game off and it's holding right yeah. and it's like you can't have that you yep. can't guys you can't it, do it, it. by it the way is, and in that instance it's a ten yard penalty. But really, it's a 35-yard penalty yep, because it right. negates a 25-yard run and yep. puts you back minus 10. And it's Comment, at, again, this is not earth-shattering or anything. I just thought I'd share it. Uh, uh, Alex Van Pelt, the Browns offensive coordinator, speaking right now, said, P.J. looks good, throws it well. And then he was asked if he's sure who's playing quarterback Sunday. He said, quote, I don't think so. Doesn't know who's playing yet, which makes sense. We, yeah. Obviously, you're going to try to play Watson if he can play. And look. But you have to get this quarterback ready to you go. Do. But I'll tell you this much. Even if Deshaun Watson has already been ruled out, and I'm kind of thinking that internally they have done that. You can't tell anybody that. No, I know. What's the point? Uh, let San yeah. Francisco think they're preparing for two different quarterbacks. But the fact that, and we'll find out. You just if, can't say you're expecting Watson to play if that's the case. And that's the error that yes. they made. Yes. Like, you can't err on that side. Right. You have to err on the side that Alex Van Pelt just uh, erred right. on. Let me ask you guys this question. Are you guys erring on the on the thought process that this is going to be a one or two more week thing? Or this is a whole season? I am beginning to think that this is a six-week thing. Six more weeks are just? From the beginning of the injury. And here's why. Well, I told you that I texted with the guy that did my surgery. We we're talking about, he goes, again, he starts all of his conversations when I ask him questions about this. Jay, I don't know because I haven't seen, don't know the scans, don't know, don't know the situation. Here's what I know in general about that injury. It takes time to heal. You just read a super chat, Mike, from somebody in Florida that watches us whose wife is a doctor, mm-hmm. and she said the same thing that my surgeon said. 75% after six weeks? After six weeks. That's crazy. And it is a painful thing, guys. It is a painful injury. And I don't know that the Browns must not have known it was a bruise on his rotator cuff when they were telling when 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 Barry Deshaun was telling yeah. everybody he's going to play Sunday yeah. and Barry was telling people he's going to play in 2 weeks. And so I think now that they have a better understanding of what the injury is, if it really is a bruised rotator cuff and they want to be very careful about this thing, I don't think it's a one-week or a two-week thing. Yeah, who knows? It could yeah. be a four- to six-week thing. They, the report, Mary Kay was saying yesterday that, that now they're saying it's two to six weeks, like typically for this injury. But that's a big window. So It I mean, is, but the key in that number is the six weeks. Right, so it's possible. Uh, and more from Alex Van Pelty just said, quote, you wouldn't put a running back out there if he couldn't run full speed when asked about Watson. Right, you would not. And you can't put a quarterback out there that, if that's, he's not pain-free that says something. and has the full arm. That's, uh, that says something. He that's also right. says, you can read between the lines yeah. sometimes he and al- get your answer. He also said that even if Watson doesn't practice all week, he still could play on Sunday. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, well, but that's what he's saying. Well, to, to that point, when I was saying where the Browns really screwed this up was the Sunday of the injury – you can put Deshaun Watson out there anytime, any point, yeah. with no practice. He's a veteran. He knows this That's offense. Right. It's his. That's right. Where the Browns messed this whole thing up was not telling DTR on Sunday of the Titans game when Deshaun clearly knew that this was something. Mm-hmm. You're just going to – here's how we're going to prepare for Baltimore. You're, you're going to be the starter. Now, you may prepare all week. And we may prepare all week that you're the starter. 
But Sunday at noon, if Watson comes out and takes the shot and throws and is pain-free, he could become the starter yeah. at any point. Well, But let's prepare you and right. you prepare you to be the well, guy. Well, that should have been obvious. I'm hoping that happened. It seems like it didn't. I don't know. But if Stefanski had not said what he said on Monday, then there'd be none of this like, why isn't Watson playing? I agree with we you. We would just be like, well, he's hurt. He I agree play. with you. And if they had come out from the beginning and said bruised rotator cuff, two right. to six weeks, now everybody right. knows what the playing field exactly. is. Exactly. Another quote from Alex <clears throat> Van Pelt asked about Watson. He said, quote, he's doing everything he can, but it's tough. He's a thrower and has a shoulder injury. We're going to have to wait till it gets healed up. From what I'm hearing, it's better every day. He ain't even throwing there. I doubt he's throwing. Yeah, because you're you're going to aggravate it. It's the rotator cuff. I mean, the 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 actual throwing motion. That's the engine to the throwing motion. There's no way he could throw, and if it, <clears throat> if it's still not healed, and this thing would be in the process of getting better every day. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm of the belief now. That, Don't re-aggravate um, it. I'm of the belief now. Uh, as a coach, you almost gotta you almost have to actually start coaching as if this guy is not coming back. You you gotta you have because here's the thing, you can't do the week to week thing. That hope that you get oh maybe 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 I could take off a little bit or maybe I don't have to play above my head because Deshaun's coming. No, 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 no. Deshaun might not be coming back through the door. Yeah. And we don't and, know when. And I think what's troubling too is the organizational flip flop on the most important position in the game. Just go back to 2020 and mm-hmm. look at how this organization has pivoted at that position. And I'm not just talking about the Baker to Deshaun. I can understand why someone would want to make that move. But Josh Dobbs is your backup quarterback. And all of a sudden, DTR, a fifth-round draft pick rookie, looks good in, in, in uh, preseason. And, and, you, get... and you just say, yeah, you know what? Uh, Dobbs, we don't need Dobbs and, as a backup. They, DTR is a backup. And they said it, Jay, as if a fifth-round pick was some grand. You're right. Like they some did. big deal. It's a fifth-round pick. And then, so they shifted from, no, it's not Dobbs, it's DTR. And then in one week, they said, no, it's not DTR, it's yeah. PJ, who wasn't here a month by, ago. By the way, Alex Van Pelt also said it'd be a huge loss if they don't have Betonio this weekend, which means they might not have Betonio. They're probably We're going to talk about that in we got overtime. Didi? Yeah. We do have a Didi back. We have solved the technical issues on her Good. Good. Right. Good. But what's up, Didi? We're glad to have you back. We apologize to everyone out there. Something. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I guess, you know, the The gremlins uh, got your mic. I don't even remember what we were in the middle of asking her. I had a question that I wanted to ask you. Well, actually, I wanted to answer one of your questions. I think your question was rhetorical when you said, why can't the Browns do that? And when we lost you, I answered that question to the panel, and now I'll answer it to you, and I'd love to get your response. The difference between the Steelers and the Browns' defenses, I think the Browns, and I don't think there's much argument to this, have the better roster. I do. But I, what I haven't seen from this Browns defense is the ability to make the big play when the game hangs in the balance. I've seen that twice out of this Steelers defense, and oddly enough, it was the same combo. Highsmith gets free, strip sack. TJ picks it up against the Browns. He goes to the house against the Ravens. He, he uh, ices the game. What this Browns defense is lacking are those flash, splash plays and turnovers. They don't create turnovers. And that right. would be my rhetorical answer 
or my my answer to what I think for you was a rhetorical question. What do you respond? How do you respond? But again, this is well, I completely agree with you. And this is every single time we have this conversation about Miles Garrett versus TJ Watt. And we sit here and we talk about everything that Miles does and all the pressures and how he's built like a football god, all of that. But at the end of the day, TJ is the one that comes up with these big plays and big moments. These, as you said, it splash plays, game-changing, game-breaking plays. And you ultimately become a defensive player of the year because you affect the game in a key moment like that. You know, and it's again, it's sort of like if an offense is terrible all game long, but manages one beautiful touchdown at the end of the game to win the game, that's what you walk away with. And so it's not necessarily about giving me 12 pressures in a game. It's giving me the pressure that changes the game. And so my point is that if we want to talk about Miles Garrett as one of the three best defensive players in the league, if we want to talk about this defense as one of the best defenses in the league, then the best defense in the league should be able to take on one of the best offenses in the league. Why do we just seed that? Why do we just say, oh, well, the San Francisco 49ers, though, have a great offense. The 49ers offense is much better than the Ravens offense or the Steelers offense. So whatever. So what? We're saying that the Browns defense is one of the best defenses. Right. And we're saying Miles Garrett is one of the best players. So go ahead. Do it. Do it. They should. Figure You're right. Now. I agree. Take it up another notch. You know, that's the only way to win. Right. And all these problems, Aditi, because you're right. Like at the end of the day, it's not it's not doom and gloom. This team is two and two with the win. Right. Over over this team. Suddenly everything is rainbows and sunshine. However, exactly. All of these warts that we've pointed out and we haven't even discussed with you the communication issues that are clearly a problem with this team. General manager, coach, different messaging, player, different messaging. Deshaun coming out after the Steelers game and flat saying the communication's not good. All of those issues, how do you make all those go away? You wave the magic wand of victory and suddenly, poof, they're all gone. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah. So go win. You know, one of my... Ramon Foster, who I actually saw in Cleveland, he played for the Steelers for 11 years. His favorite line was... If you win, everybody eats. And it's that same idea. If you win, everybody gets enough food. Everybody is happy. Everything seems to look better. And it is. It's You get a win, and we don't talk about communication issues. You get a win, we don't talk about whether Miles Garrett is making enough splash plays or not. You get a win, you don't even talk about stats. You just talk about that W. You're right. And so that's what the issue is right here. It's getting a win. And quite frankly, you know, you're talking about the Ravens' offense not being that great. We saw how the Ravens shot themselves in the foot against the – that's probably the worst cliche to use – but hurt themselves, gave away a game against the Steelers – why in why against the Browns could that not happen? Why couldn't this Browns defense force that sort of confusion, that bad second half? You're right. Go ahead and lay that out there for the Browns. Yeah. Challenge Start making big plays in big yeah. games. 
and earning they got, that they reputation better do that the Steelers have deserved yeah. because they've earned it and they keep restamping those genius and excellence credentials every time they do it again. Aditi, we're, we got to go. See it's coming you, up on 1 o'clock. Uh, we will see you Thanks next week. Thanks for having week. me. Always great. Uh, Thank you, Aditi. By the way, you know how uh, in week one, famously, Jamar Chase talked trash and had it thrown back in his face right. by the Browns? Well, now the Seahawks are... Uh, are doing it to Jamar Chase, this might not be wise. Yeah, I wouldn't advise that. DK Metcalf just said, I don't know, just. It might have happened yesterday, I'm not sure. But but uh, sometime in the last 24 hours, DK Metcalf, the Seahawks wide receiver, said uh, he expects Seahawks rookie cornerback Devin Witherspoon to, let me get the exact quote of what he said. See, I hate this. He said, he said I, get the best. I Chase. think Witherspoon will get the best I, of Jamar I, Chase. And Witherspoon, by the way, is a phenomenal yes, corner. fifth all-around but pick. But here's what Both I have to say about yeah. that. Don't write checks your teammates have to cash. Yeah, that's right? right. Especially a rookie, and especially when he's going up against a widely regarded top three right. or top especially five Especially when they the come, they're coming off both Burrow and like, Chase's best game. But these guys can't help themselves. Just like I said, it was stupid when Chase did it. This it's is stupid for him dumb, to say this. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. What do you think Sherman. Witherspoon thinks about that? <laughs> He's like, what are you doing to me? It's one yeah. thing if you, as the defensive back, right. when you're going to be on the field manning yeah. up with him, it's one thing if you're dumb enough to say it. Yeah. Uh, one of your teammates that's not going to be on the field when that's Chase right. is should never put you in that position. And, of course, Chase reposted the tweet. Oh, he it. heard it. Yeah. He heard it loud and clear. And what do you think he's going to say if they win after the oh, game? Oh, yeah, right. Now it's going to make To the victor go the back. spoils. Yeah, yep. that's what yeah, happens. That's, that's what the Browns got. Yep. All right, overtime is coming up. What are we talking about? The Batonio injury? Which We're is- going to talk about a Browns topic we're going to get in the show. We didn't get to. So this is Browns never-before-seen content that members only are going to get. Very good. See you in a minute. Peace. Yeah, see you there. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.